When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Vikings event line, what's going on? It's the last edition before the NFL draft. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us here on the Purple Daily Podcast YouTube channel, or if you're listening on Spotify and Apple, thank you there as well. Also, the Score North app, which is uh, your one-stop shop for everything Score North with Vikings, Twins, Wild Wolves, Gophers, Zolgad columns, uh, plenty of things that you can uh, find on that Score North app. This is Vikings Vent Line. We're going to have our three guests, Billy, Evan, and Chris, uh, join us here in just a bit. We're going to break down some NFL draft conversations. Um, If you have discovered us for the first time, please uh, hit the subscribe button that's on our YouTube channel. Um, You'll get plenty of Vikings things. we got a lot of cool stuff uh, locked in uh, for the next few days here on Score North. We're going to be doing a live draft-a-thon. We're going to have a live version of Ventline right after the Vikings pick at 14, or maybe at a different spot. Who knows? Uh, But we will have a live draft Ventline on Thursday. We'll be breaking things down on Friday. We have mock drafts and guests coming on for uh, the days leading up to the draft. So if you are all in on Vikings draft content, please hit the subscribe button. Uh, We're going to be there for you every step of the way. It's going to be a kind of chaotic next 10 days. I'm excited, though. Football never stops. Draft season never sleeps. It's going to be an awesome time. Um, If you also are looking for other Minnesota sports conversation on those uh, great Minnesota Twins or the Minnesota Wild who just clinched a playoff spot, even the Wolves who finally are showing some life. It just took, you know, 70 games into the season to make them watchable. Go to our second YouTube channel. That's Score North MN. You can hit subscribe on that channel as well, uh, and you'll get plenty of other Minnesota sports takes uh, in your feed. Also, if you want to get on a future show, uh, we will be rocking Ventline on Sundays afterwards. I know I think I have a few people locked in for next Sunday's show, and I know that's going to be an anticipated one because it'll be after the draft and we'll be able to dissect some things. Still shoot me an email, vikingsventline at gmail.com. I have a list of guests here. I'm trying not to go out too far so I don't, um, I don't, I don't get too too crazy, but at the same time, send me some emails. I bookmark them. I checkmark them, and then I'll get you on a, a future Vikings Ventline show. But without further ado, uh, let's bring in our guests. We have Billy, Evan, and Chris. Billy said he is in Dallas. Uh, Evan, you're in D.C. Is that where you're at? No, I'm uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. And then Chris, where are you at? Delaware. Delaware. All right. So Vikings Nation here all over. We got a Minnesotan. We got a guy in Dallas. Got a guy in Georgia. Got a guy in Delaware. How, what, what, is, there, is the Vikings like seen big in Delaware? Is there Vikings bars or anything? Like, What do you do for Vikings game days in Delaware? No, there's none of that here. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, we have some like loyal guests in, in South Carolina. For whatever reason, there's a big Vikings fandom there. 
and there's Vikings bars and Vikings related things. It's kind of crazy how uh, how purple is uh, represented across the country here. Well, guys, uh, thank you for joining us. This is Vikings Vent Line. We are four days from the NFL draft, and uh, you know there's a lot of things that could be happening. The Vikings are at 14. Obviously, a lot of quarterbacks are being mocked to go early. The Vikings have offensive line help. Uh, or need offensive line help, excuse me. So they could be taking an offensive lineman. They could go defense. But I just kind of wanted to kick out around this idea because it, it kind of starting to pick up a little bit of steam. I don't think it's going to happen. I want that to be very clear. I don't think this will happen. Um, but the draft is four days away. And if Trey Lance or one of those quarterbacks is there at 14th overall, do you see the Vikings possibly picking a quarterback at 14 and i'm going to start with billy what do you think the vikings do at 14 if one of those quarterbacks is still on the board i think if trey lance is there they're taking them unless they get me personally i mean i'd have to get like a future first a second this year like you'd have to get a haul to give him up and i'm almost kind of the same with mac jones i know everybody's down on mac jones but i compare mac jones and i hate comparing people but i he is very Brady-esque. He's got amazing footwork. He's probably got the best footwork of any quarterback in this draft. Decent arm, stuff like that. But Trey Lance, I'm taking him. And that's not a knock against Kirk. That's kind of – I would take him because I have Kirk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have Kirk for the next two years. You can keep Trey Lance on the bench for the next two years, and after two years you're going to see what he is. Exactly. And if he's, not, if he's not great, I mean, it's just one pick. Yeah. I think if, if Trey Lance is there at 14, this like generate one of these great generationally good quarterbacks. And by the way, it does, I don't think it shipwrecks your franchise taking it. I mean, look, I know Ponder was a disaster. Uh, Teddy's leg ex- legit exploded. But like th- none of those picks shipwrecked the Vikings. I mean, yeah, to put a damper on playoff expectations here and there or, or, or a ceiling that could have been reached. But at the same time, it didn't absolutely ruin you. And you didn't like mortgage no. future picks to get them. So if like one of them falls, like I think it'd be a no brainer to do it. Mac Jones, I'm not as high on Mac Jones, but um, I can see a situation where the Vikings would say, you know what? He's a quarterback for a future. He's not going to be rushed in. He's going to sit for a year. Let's do this thing. Uh, Evan, what do you think? If, if Trey Lance or if any of those quarterbacks, even Justin Fields, I mean, for God's sakes, this Justin Fields slander is out of, out of this world, in my opinion. I don't think it's valid or true at all. But if one of those quarterbacks is there at 14, do you see the Vikings taking him? Um, well, first of all, I'm a huge Justin Fields guy. Um, I think he's easily QB2 in this draft. Um, I don't know where all the Zach Wilson stuff came from but or how he's uh, catapulted over him, but, you know, that's a, another story for another day. But um, I think at 14, um, I think if Lance or Fields is there, I think they take him. Um, I think behind the scenes that Zimmer and Spielman are kind of tired of Cousins um, and just how he's, how he's uh, handcuffed them cap-wise. Um, so I think, uh, giving them a, a light at the end of the tunnel, I think they'd be excited to take him. Um, hopefully they take him. Um, but honestly, I think they're end up going to go edge. I think they're going to go edge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with you that it seems like people are getting, a lot of fans are obviously sick of Kirk Cousins. I feel like it's pretty polarizing. Like it's either you want him done with, you want nothing to do with him, you want him out or, or 
Um, you're just sick of his act, and but at the same time, some people still think he's just going to be this great generationally good quarterback. You give him an offensive line, you give him the weapons, he can uh, he can make a lot of stuff happen. Um, but I agree with you, dude. I think I think Justin Fields is right up there. I don't really understand where the slander started. I like Zach Wilson a lot, I do. Uh, but Fields, I mean, going out of the college football season was supposed to be QB two, and now for whatever reason, he's like falling into this weird mix between three and five, and I don't really understand it. I think that, and I know Ohio State quarterbacks haven't all panned out, but like. I don't really like believing that either. I think if this dude's legit and he can ball, like then he should be able to find a good spot and he should be at one of the top picks in the draft. Um, Chris, what do you think, though? If one of those quarterbacks is there at pick 14, uh, what do you see the Vikings doing? What do I actually see the Vikings doing? I, if one of them falls, you've got to trade back. Like You've got to find that suitor that won. I feel like that would be the best move for the Vikings right now. Um, I, I just... I, like I keep up with Chris Sims and mm-hmm. Chris Sims, you know, was a former QB, you know, in the league and his rankings, he's got Lance's number six. Uh, he actually has Kellen Mond number four. So I see going with Mond, you know, mm-hmm. in the third round over Lance at 14 and trading back and getting that capital, you know, the second round pick. So I can't really see the value in Lance, you know, at 14. I think we have too many holes. This offensive line has got to be addressed. I mean, and with the status with Spielman and Zimmer, and and they got to win this year. Yeah, I mean, you better get that O-line. And right now, we haven't made any other moves other than, uh, you know, uh, for the guy from Arizona. I just, we got got to go (laughs) O-line. I think you bring up a good point, too, if one of those quarterbacks is on the board. I I. It would be smarter if someone like Washington or New England wanted to jump up and get that quarterback. You get you get some more hauls, you get more picks, you get more darts. Rick Spielman loves all that. Kellen Mond too in the second, third round isn't or third or fourth round is intriguing. Um, he's a he's a baller at Texas A and M, and same kind of thing. I think regardless if they take a quarter, whether it's Trey Lance or Kellen Mond or whomever the heck it is, he's gonna sit. Like there, there's zero chance that whoever they take, whether it's in their first round or fourth round, he's gonna sit behind Kirk for most likely the whole season. Um, so you're right in the fact of all right, well, there's bigger holes. You got offensive line problems. You got some. You need some depth on the defensive line still. I mean, for God's sakes, I know they've taken a ton of cornerbacks, but I could see them taking another cornerback. Uh, you know, they could take a safety. There's there's so many options and there's so many things that need bigger fixing right now than just the quarterback. If you're looking at it from 30,000 feet. Um, so I hear you on that. I absolutely hear you. And it transitions well to the next uh, topic. Billy, what, what do you want to see the Vikings, though, accomplish on draft day? Like when you when it's all said and done after the first round, second, third, all the, all the way through the seventh, what do you hope the Vikings accomplish on draft day? Honestly, fix that line and get another weapon. So me, like, I'll give a quick, like, my first three picks, I would I would trade back. Whether, unless, I mean, if Lance is there, probably going to take him. But if not, I would trade back, but no more than, like, five spots. Because then I want Elijah Vera Tucker. So you get Vera Tucker. Vera, he can't play tackle, but I wouldn't put him there. I'd put him at right guard. And then probably you're going to get a third-round pick. You're not going to get a second-round pick to move back four or five. Then I'm going to take two of those thirds and I'm going to move up and I'm going to get either Alex Leatherwood, who I think is extremely underrated. You got a guy that was one year, all American guard. The next year he's all American tackle. And then I'm going to have him and Cleveland fight for that tackle position. And I think Leatherwood would actually end up being the left guard. And then I want for my third pick is the uh, Terrace Marshall jr. 
I think this kid is extremely underrated. He is 6'4", 200 pounds, and runs a 4'3". That is Randy Moss. And I'm not saying he's Randy Moss, but that is the same size, the same speed. And if you watch his game tape, he has that extra gear where, man, when that ball goes deep, he just leaves everybody. And I think he would be perfect for a Thielen replacement eventually and obviously for now as a third receiver. Yeah, I, I I feel you on getting offensive linemen to just at least compete here. I think Ezra Cleveland, you know, they drafted him to be a tackle. They placed him yeah. at guard last year. He wasn't a disaster there, but also was a completely new position. Brian O'Neill, we know like, he's the most solid guy in this line. He's honestly very right. underrated and a very unappreciated uh, right tackle. But then, like, could you slide him back over to left tackle? Like, there there's a lot right. of different puzzles and dominoes. Like, you got to figure out there. And then also, though, getting one more weapon. Like, you know, th- there's so many wide receivers again in this draft. And, yeah, I'm probably not going to be in the market to taking, you know, Waddle at 14 or one of those wide receivers who's there at 14. At the same time, the idea of going three deep again and having, you know, basically, yeah, Moss Carter, Jake Reed (laughs) 2.0, and that would be Jefferson Thielen, uh, insert the next weapon. I mean, my God, that'd be super fun. And I know you still got to get get the line to protect Kirk, but just more weapons in that offense, that'd be be awesome to see. Uh, Evan, what do you think? What what do you really want the Vikings to accomplish uh, on draft day? Um, I think a lot of the Viking fans will be in lockstep in just improving the offensive line. Uh, sadly, I think Zimmer looks at a lot of the numbers from last year, and while they look good on paper, I think he just assumes that uh, it will replicate itself, but that's we all know that's not how the NFL works. It's, it's year to year. And with how bad the, uh, the offensive line was last year and shipping your you know probably second-best offensive lineman in Riley Reef off, no, that, that, that didn't help it at all. So – um, I would love to see us go tackle at 14 and then uh, in the third round go guard. Um, I think there's a lot of good uh, a lot of good offensive line depth in the draft because when you go down, you got guys like uh, Alex Leatherwood that he mentioned. You got Tevin Jenkins. I really like Sam Cosme. Um, I think he's out of Texas. Um, there's just a lot of really good offensive linemen deep in the draft that I think can get you some quality players and possibly some starters this year. That's better mm-hmm. than what we already have on the roster because Dozier and Mason Cole, I don't think are, <laughs> are the solutions <laughs> to solidify the offensive line. No, man, they aren't. And I'm, I'm a big fan too of taking, if you're going to find some guards and you're going to, if you have like four fourth round picks or you have all these insane mid round picks, I mean, take as many darts as you can on guards at that point. Like uh, I, I don't finding a left tackle and finding a franchise changing left tackle is pretty hard to do. Like Panay Sewell looks like it is. Oscar Bouchon Slater probably is one of them too. Most likely, for sure, Sewell is off the board by 14. I'm guessing Slater will also be off the board by 14. Um, then you may as well stockpile as many guards as you can because um, because Mason Cole, Dakota Dozier, dude, that is just not going to cut it. We saw how that worked. And then also, like I'm just I'm not a big fan of taking guards and interior guys like that if they're not franchise altering tackles that early in the first round. Like you can find those guys. In, in the mid tiers of the draft. So take as many options as you can there, but at the same time, like don't ignore the offensive line. I think, th- I think that's their biggest mission. Yeah. Just like you said, a lot of Vikings fans are echoing that just please for the love of God, GD fix the offensive line. Uh, Chris, what do you think? What do you want the Vikings to uh, accomplish on draft day? I would love for us to be able to draft best player available, but as we know right now, I mean, we haven't signed Mitchell Schwartz. We missed that on Orlando Brown jr. You got Eric Fisher out there. I'd love to have one of those guys sign mm-hmm. and just take a flyer on them. I mean, they're all pros. So, you know, bringing in one would have just made our draft that much easier. But that hasn't happened. So, we gotta we got to address the O-line. At 14, I think if we have Slater there, 
go for it. If Darisaw or one of the quarterbacks is, is still available right there, I would say try to trade back, get Jenkins, Elijah Vera Tucker, even like waiting till like Christensen by trading up. Uh, you know, we have four fourth round picks, two third rounders, two fifth rounders. You got to use that capital and, and move ahead in the draft. Like, you know, trade up. Don't trade back anymore, Spielman. We, we, we got to make some moves up. You, all, every single round you go back, you know, you lose value. You know, the chances of them becoming starters is, is you know, nil. So let's let's use that that draft, you know, all the draft picks we have, move ahead, get the second round pick, and you know, let's 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 get our team complete. You know, so that that's how I feel. Yeah, we talked about on Purple Daily on Friday just the fact of you know, Spielman loves to trade back, he loves getting all these darts, he loves getting so many late round picks, but like he's never actually made the big move to trade up. Like he got back in the draft to get no. Teddy in twenty fourteen. But he's never taken his original pick and moved up six, seven spots. So, like, let's say it's pick nine, Slater's on the board, you know, and if they feel like Slater is the guy for them, then, yeah, trade up your first-round pick, move up some other things, and make it happen. I mean, I mean, as much as he loves to trade back, I love the, I love the idea of that. But then also, for once, have, have the aggressiveness to go forward and go with one of those top – inside the top ten. And also, if you're going to move up four or five spots from, like – 14 to 10 or 14 to 9 it's not like you're moving into the top three like you know like san fran get, got a haul from or had to give up a haul to get up to, back to the top three like the the yeah. board obviously starts to shake out a little differently you're not gonna have to mortgage insane assets just to move up four or five spots that late um in 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 the first round of the draft uh you brought up orlando brown chris and it was a, it's a good segue to our uh, other talking point here and look i kansas city chiefs we saw that offensive line just absolutely was in shambles by the Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes is running for his life. Um, so the Chiefs are the winners of the Orlando Brown sweepstakes. And Baltimore, basically, they got a pick swap. So they traded up first-round picks. They swapped those. And then they also uh, gave up a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a fifth-round pick. Um, Kansas City receives a second-round pick and a sixth-round pick. Now, obviously, it's a little different situation because, like, what, Baltimore was picking, I believe, 27, Kansas City's 31, so they were really close with one another. You probably wouldn't have to give up as many mid-tier picks to sweeten that deal. Uh, but, Billy, would you, would you have done this trade for Orlando Brown Jr.? Would you have swung at least, a, at least a pick swap and then, like, whatever the middle compensation is? Part of me, yes. The other part of me is I look at this draft, and I think they look at this draft, too, as offensive linemen in this draft are kind of like wide receiver last year. It is extremely deep. This is probably the most the deepest offensive lineman draft maybe ever. And I'm talking the first probably 12 to 13 picks could be 10-year starters in this league. And I look at it as you're going to have to pay Orlando next year and you're going to have to pay Brian O'Neill next year. So why not take – I bet you they take at least three or four offensive linemen this draft. And then you have the next at least three years of rookie contracts with Bradbury you know, in Cleveland. To where you only have one contract of Brian O'Neill where you're paying him. That's kind of where I'm at, and I would do the same thing just because it's so deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it makes a lot more sense financially just because, obviously, you're, you're going to have to play on a rookie-scale contract. They're going to be making chump change, at least if you get them on the first round, right? Like, if you get a first-round guy, you get him for for five years, you pick up the fifth-year option. If you draft him afterwards, you get him at least for four. You bring up that Brian O'Neill's going to be do a big payday, and rightfully so here this by this time next year, if not if he doesn't get locked up before this season starts. Um, it, it makes things a little more complicated. I think it fixes things, obviously, in the short term, but it makes things then a little bit murky still in the longer term, and I think that's probably where the, where, where the trepidations were. Uh, Evan, what do you think? Would, would you have done this uh, trade for Orlando Brown Jr. with the Ravens? I would have done it twice. 
<laughs> uh, to, to, to me, this, this trade would have been a home run um, because you would have been able to get your left tackle of the future. He's a solidified uh, tackle. His PFF grade was excellent last year when he played at left tackle. So you got your two tackles. You got um, an, a, a decent center and a guard who played very well last year. So now at 14, you're no, or you'd be at 27, you'd no longer be pigeonholed. You can mm-hmm. go edge. You can go Jason away. You can go Jalen Phillips if uh, Quiddy Pay takes a fall. You know, you can take him. Or if AVT for some reason slides, you can take him. And then your offensive line is a top, top offensive line in this league. So I, I think they missed out. Um, sadly, when you – I try to think if, if Zimmer was the coach of the Chiefs, would he have been making deals like this? No, because you think you have Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, Tyreek Hill, the best deep threat in the league, uh, Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the league. Um, you would think when they have all that, okay, let's share up the defense. But no, that uh, – that staff is smart enough to realize, you know what, let's get an O-line to protect all these guys, to maximize this. The defense, we'll get stops when we need to. We have Honey Badger. We can we can make that work. But they strengthened their strength, which was their offense. And now they have a top offensive line in the league. They went and got Thune. They got Orlando Brown now. Uh, Austin Blythe was a, was a sneaky offseason off uh, deal for them. So they – they solidified their offensive line, even though they have they had an, an overpoweredly good off- offense. And um, I think it's kudos to them. I just wish uh, we paid that much attention to it. Yeah, no, I, I was uh, texting with Mackie and Judd this weekend, too, saying the same thing, just that the Chiefs were like, hey, all right, we, we know we're a Super Bowl contender. We went to back-to-back Super Bowls. We know we got waxed in that last one because our offensive line was – was atrocious and we were banged up with injuries. Um, and then they're aggressive. Yeah, like I said, they signed Tooney. They now get Orlando Brown Jr. Um, they've literally put themselves in a perfect position where their line's fortified. Like, they're not going to have to reach for an offensive lineman in this draft. They can find another weapon. I think, like, if, if Kansas City wants to get Rashad Bateman, like, imagine Bateman with Patrick Mahomes. Are you kidding me? Like, that that would be a, super fun to watch. Um, and, yeah, I, I think I probably would have done this trade as well. I think, I think I'm leaning there as well. I think it would have been the smarter move to do. Um, I know it, it still creates salary problems in the long term, but I think it, mostly it was going to be a, a, a good decision. Chris, what do you think? Uh, should the Vikings have pulled the trigger on that Orlando Brown trade? Now, first off, I'm going to have to say that I wish the Vikings were the Kansas City Chiefs where, you know, <laughs> we were having, you know, drafting in the 31st overall where we actually were at a Super Bowl. And I think we all agree, you know, there, even if we took the L. But um, <laughs> since we aren't that team, we're comparing apples to oranges. Um, I, yeah, if we were if we were them, yeah, absolutely, I'd make the deal. Um, I I don't like Brown's fit with our team. I feel like changing with the zone blocking scheme and putting a power guy. I think we could be that kind of power team and bring the Maulers back, like back in the day with you know McDaniel or you know even Hutchinson. You know, the, we used to have those power guys. Um, but our scheme now, I don't see where Brown fits really. Um, and I think that we need the draft picks to find, you know, the guards and the, the new wide receiver, you know, our, our third and, and that future quarterback, hopefully with what I'm hoping, Kellen Mond, honestly, in the third. So that's my feeling on that matter. Yeah, I think if uh, Kellen Mond would be a good one. Um, Orlando, you're right. You're, you're comparing apples to oranges with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Minnesota Vikings right now. It's a completely different um, different beast there. So, 
Yeah, tough one. You know, the, the Vikings got a lot of good options here at the draft. I'm, I'm curious to see what they're end up going to end up going to be doing at 14 if they end up getting in the second round pick. Um, I think you guys all hit up a good points that look just please fix this offensive line, maybe get one more weapon, and then uh, then absolutely go from there. Well, I told you guys too at the end of every Vikings Vent Line show, I pick a winner. You get 60 seconds uh, to make your point. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hand this one off to my guy Chris. Chris, I'm gonna give you the winner here. You get 60 seconds to make one last take. It could be football related. It could be a shot to someone the floor is yours sir all right my shout out goes out to my dad and my aunt they were the ones who brought me into the viking fandom hood you know god have mercy on my soul for that <laughs> but uh <laughs> he loved the purple people eater he went to the university of delaware and loved rich gannon so here i am uh, <laughs> and been a fan ever since uh regarding my uh my take her cousins i know a lot of our fans do not like you um, I do, and I and I believe in you, and I don't feel like you ever had the full team around you um, during your Washington days. The defense was always ranked twentieth, or you know, twentieth or worse. Uh, last year we had no defense for the Vikings, and we've never had the offensive line put together. So I hope we we give you an offensive line. There's no more excuses, and you know, for you, and that you prove us all wrong, and hopefully bring us the glory, and bring yourself and prove the world that. Kirk is not a, you know, failure. So come on, Kirk, show us what you got. You can do it, buddy. <laughs> We're hey, here for it. You're our hey, man, I, I like it. I like it. I, I think it's a no-lose situation if he's going to be able to step back in and um, and and prove all these doubters wrong, right, all these haters wrong. And, and I'm for it, too. Like, I, I'm critical of the guy. Mac and Jed are critical of the guy, too. But I would love for him to have protection, and then if, if he's, look, if he's the one that leads us to the Lombardi Trophy, I will be singing praises, I'm going to Pizza Ranch, I'm all in, okay? I'm all in if you do it. I don't, I, prove, prove all of us wrong, please, we don't care if you're the one who actually is the one to do it. Yep. I love it, I love it. Well, dudes, hey, thank you so much for joining us uh, on Vikings Vent Line. Billy, Evan, and Chris. Uh, again, if you want, please hit that subscribe button on our podcast and also on Score North MN. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll be back also uh, starting tomorrow with more NFL draft coverage.